Welcome to RGK, a family-based podcast. My name is Sarah and my co-host is my cousin Angus. Hi. We'll give you new facts, our views on Angus's poetry selection, news from the West End. And I'll bring you the news from my dad's garden. Enjoy. Jingle created and performed by Sarah and Angus. RGK. Hello and welcome to episode four of RGK. That's right, episode four. Um, no cold open this time because I realised that I probably offended quite a few people by by calling you all losers and telling you that we were going podcasting. So I'm not doing that this time. I'm actually going to uh, say that we've got a fun episode for you. We've got uh, fringeness, stuff from yes. the fringe, the Edinburgh fringe. And before that, we are going to be catching up uh, as we have not done that for a little while. Well, how has your time been since I saw you in Edinburgh, Angus? It's been good. I've yeah. been, I think maybe a week after I got back, I got a text from my brother saying, hello, business opportunity. Uh, the people who I helped edit a book of theirs a couple of years ago have been in touch to say they need more editing work done and mm. can you supply such a service um so yeah yeah uh, awesome. yeah it's good and i'm enjoying learning about georgia it's about georgia um this book and mm -hmm. its history and sort of culture but also how to get around it um if you're an explorer fantastic so, yeah, coming to Sounds a shelf near you soon <laughs> how have you been sarah i have been good mm-hmm I've been enjoying the end of my summer holiday. Um, I went to see Wicked in London, uh, which was incredible. Mm. So um, Lucy Jones is Alphaba. She's the most incredible singer. Mm -hmm. Also, fun fun little thing. Um, it was something like the... Uh, hold on. I should really have, have looked this up beforehand. It was the 11 millionth audience member of Wicked was in our audience, if that makes sense. That does make sense. That's amazing. <laughs> I said that quite slowly. But I, f I found out that Wicked has been performing mm. since 2006, which mm. was a great year, you know? It was a good year. First Act of Monkeys yeah. album, amongst other things. Okay, Such amongst as your birth. other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was really fun. I went with my aunt Andrea mm. and yep. we had a lovely time in the lounge. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I also went to um, Harry Potter Studios mm -hmm. with my friend Izzy. That was great. And they have some new things mm. like um, Professor Sprout's Greenhouse. Oh, wow. Really yeah, cool. it was awesome. And you got to pull up your own mandrake and it screamed. Were you wearing earmuffs? No, they didn't hand out earmuffs. It seemed very dangerous to that me. It does honestly. seem dangerous. And then they also had uh, in the outback outside mm. area, mm -hmm. they had a, a model of the burrow from Deathly Hallows. Mm -hmm. um, and then also this big uh, fountain that they use in the in the courtyard starting mm. from I think Prison of Azkaban because oh, yeah, if you don't it, yeah. if you don't know if you haven't listened to episode two or whenever it was that we did a whole Gilderoy Lockhart rant um Angus and I are very big Harry Potter fans mm. so that was very exciting fourth time I've 
been, I think. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. About the Gilder Lockout rant, uh, we apologize for that again. Just, just yeah, we yeah. do apologize. It was we were sometimes praising that guy though. We got carried away. We did. Well, I love the point where we just literally quote him back and forth for like a whole minute. Yeah, and not lines. even filling, finishing the quote. Yeah, no filling script, no it context was, for any it was envy. Half a quote, <laughs> just knowing that the other person got what we were saying, but a not bit, really thinking about anyone else. A bit, bit, bit of Snape, bit of Snape thrown in there just to confuse people yeah. as well. Um, yeah, yeah, what an episode. Listen to the RGK kids, one of them is not a kid. Not like this one, this one's even better. <laughs> because, what comes next, Sarah? Uh, Edinburgh Fringe Reviews. The Edinburgh Fringe Reviews. So yeah, we went there from the 17th to the 21st of August. And um, Sarah, what did you think of the first show that we saw, which was? Which was Rob Madge. My son's a queer, but what can you do? Uh, I loved this one. Mm. Um, this was one that I had really wanted to see mm-hmm. um, and because Rob Madge is someone who I followed for oh, I always find that really weird when someone says <laughs> someone I've followed for a long time it's like what you follow <laughs> behind them stalker no um, I have been following him on social media for a long time mm. and yeah he's very funny and he his is. show I, I mean I knew it was going to be good but I was I was really shocked by it because it was really moving, wasn't it? It was. Um, it really was. His, his story. And yeah. it was done so well and it was so clever. Yeah. And it's had a West. It's going to have a West End transfer. So go on, Rob Madge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. It was so good that we started recording ourselves in a cafe after the show. And um, I'm not going to play any of that audio because it was mostly like probably inaudible because there was just a huge coffee machine going off most yeah. of the most of the time we, should, but... we really tried to get an audio and then yeah. they put this the smoothie machine <laughs> the smoothie blender on and it's like oh it was okay. so loud i didn't really get that loud i think if we were just been talking normally <laughs> like we couldn't have carried on talking even if we just hadn't been recording but i don't i don't think i've ever heard anything as loud as that in a in a cafe anyway it was a very small space for that amount space. of noise yeah but that's how good it was. We sort of thought we have to just 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 record. We have to talk about it. Yeah. We have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I genuinely it was actually uh, kind of the one that inspired me the most because after that I basically thought uh, I've, I've been trying to write like a screenplay about um, something that happened to me sort of three years ago basically, and it made me realize that actually maybe it doesn't need to be a screenplay straight away and it can sort of be like a monologue basically to begin with and it can develop into sort of a film uh, script later and things like that anyway so and that's really helped me with my writing basically um i've been able to be a lot quicker and uh just get things down that i want to get down so thanks rob because you know genuinely without that show i would not have even written a word this summer probably about it uh and i've been really enjoying um doing that so i'm sure he'd be um, very pleased to hear that because mm. What I found so cool about Rob's show was mm. Rob's a musical performer mm. um, and um, so that's his background and yeah. so it was sort of a mix of monologue and song but it was it was a it was a one-man show yeah I mean he had what was great was it was it was so it was looking back at his life and right. it was using home family videos up on yeah. the screen yeah because um, the premise which, was like it was in it was a a, like a musical in his living room wasn't it yes that was like the, yeah. that whole yeah so really immediately bringing you into the experience mm. of 
as if you were in his living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think the fact that he was able to keep everyone so mm. involved throughout yeah. the whole thing because yeah. that's really impressive. Yeah. So well deserved that he's finally getting the attention that yeah. you know he needs. It was also great because we had we had the best seats because we we, we ran, did have the best seats. We ran to the show basically because we, we were in danger of being of missing it really. <laughs> um, but we got we got great seats because we were sort of we got some of the last ones left basically, mm. and there weren't many left, and we sat at the very far right. Sorry, that sounds like we're really politically inclined. <laughs> but we sat we sat to the far right of the of the uh, of the like audience uh, raked seating arrangement yeah and therefore we we got to like hear him do his costume changes and we were right by his entrances and exits <laughs> yeah which was fantastic really was, and yeah. he had some great costumes especially that uh, last that la- those last sort of three costumes they were yes pretty yeah pretty impressive um but yeah yeah, five stars. Listen to the RGK kids. One of them is not a kid. One of the other really good things about the Rob Madge was that um, I had literally seen one of his Instagram videos. Oh, my phone's going. <laughs> Think mom's gonna get it? Someone's someone's stepping. Imagine it's my mum calling. How annoying would that be? Mom got it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> right. The other really good thing about the Rob Mad show for me was that I'd literally seen one Instagram video of that guy, and that was when you showed me uh, on when I came out to yours, whenever it was, sort of you know six months before we I saw the show, and then I hadn't really seen him since then. And let, and you'd obviously seen his social media like most of it, I guess. Yeah. And yet I don't feel like I enjoyed it any less because of that at all like i think it was very accessible yeah. like he, he explained everything that you need to know without it seeming sort of heavily laid on or anything it just anyway it was just it was a show in itself it wasn't sort of like look at me i'm the guy from youtube or i'm the guy from instagram it was actually um... yeah i mean his social media is obviously giving his show quite mm. a good platform to uh, gain popularity on yeah but he didn't he would only briefly speak about you know the fact that in recent years, mm. he's been feeling grateful that he's had this boost again. Um, yeah, yeah. And actually, the f- uh, one of the funniest parts of it mm. was because um, Rob Madge played Gavroche in... Um, uh, oh, I don't know actually when he was in the cast, but he did one of the anniversary performances um in the concert version so um <laughs> there was a there was a, straight after a failed solo at theater train <laughs> yeah. there was a short clip of him as gavroche which was just a slight nod to it he does a lot of lame is content which mm. is how um i was seeing him a lot but yeah right. it was you don't need to have followed him to mm. see it no. so i would recommend if anyone's yeah. around london in yeah. the next few months also, we saw in an inflatable purple cow that was upside down. So that's just yes. another element of wonder to that to that to that whole day. Yeah, it was very Called cool. Underbelly. Right next show. Stop, stop the show. <laughs> you get it? Yeah, I do get it. Okay, you get it. <laughs> yeah. It was called Showstopper, guys. <laughs> it's uh, Showstopper! Exclamation mark! The improvised musical. Um, 
Yes. Is what it was called. Um, what did you think? I thought it was brilliant. The performers blew me away mm. with how, I mean, you've got to be so smart yeah. Yeah. to do that and have such a, a general knowledge yeah. on I guess pretty we much should, yeah. anything. We should explain probably like how they did it. Oh, like, yeah. That was the main thing we were speculating about. Like we didn't really know how they were going to do it and how it would yeah. start and all that sort of stuff. So well, how, how did it start? I guess we can start there, can't we? Well, the, it, what an improvised musical is, if anyone doesn't know, is the audience will give suggestions mm-hmm. for a setting or musicals for style inspiration yeah. to some of the songs or whatever. And, um, and then they're actors Mm -hmm. and performers on stage Mm -hmm. have to improvise and make up on the spot Mm. storylines and in this case songs um to a a live band Mm -hmm. um who were essentially working all together (laughs) to try and follow each other's leads yeah so a very impressive yeah thing to be able to do yeah i mean it's sort of the jokers i guess that it's like it sounds like something that's just not even possible in itself yeah yeah. And yet it was actually genuinely like, you know, one of the better musicals I've ever seen, to be honest. Like, yeah. Uh, no, the, they were all absolutely incredible yeah. as a cast. Mm. And, you know, the way that they do it, they'd have, you know, the chorus is a mm. big part of mm. the songs. And it was interesting to see people, you know, you try and pick up on that because that's mm. where you're going to harmonise mm. and everyone's going to join in on that bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's who takes this verse and this verse and yeah. where's your position on this? Oh, it was so much for my brain to <laughs> to yeah. imagine. And, of course, I've done quite a bit of improv. Yeah. So I had... The problem for me was I found it a bit too... Um, mm. I don't know. I could I could sense when people were getting tense trying yeah. to think of things. And I yeah. was like... Yeah. <laughs> I just loved... Because I, I obviously yeah. done barely any improv, but I just loved watching them like try and make each other's lives more difficult like at one point yeah someone was reading a letter or someone was recalling they'd they'd written a card yeah it was uh, the, a, a the, poem yeah <laughs> they'd written a poem inside a card and um it was it, it won an award i think and, and they were trying to remember what it was but then one of their friends was like oh i've, I've got the card here and like here, here's here's all the cards yeah. like just take all the cards and you can and then the other person was like oh you read really fast when you when you have yeah, it in front you of you reads really <laughs> fast and obviously the person was just improvising all these words and, and just improvise a, a rhyming yeah. poem yeah crazy also, because the the show was being live streamed, mm. so um, they had a an online audience as yeah. well who were sort of sending in um, tweets, comments, and, or things. Yeah. yeah, tweets and things. And um, one person, there was a oh my goodness, the best character. Mm. What was she called? Beryl. Beryl. <laughs> Beryl. Oh my goodness, she was the best. Yeah. The the, the, and... the actor who played her was incredible, and the character yeah. itself. Just you instantly knew like who she was, and yeah, it was so but good. One one of the tweets was um. Uh, this was like three quarters of the way through yeah. the show it was like why is Beryl dressed like Mario <laughs> from Mario Kart and then they did a whole sort of <laughs> Mario Kart bit because they have to include they have to answer the tweet yeah then in the in yeah. the musical oh it was hilarious no I, the whole thing and it was sort of the moments when they would walk through doors and then sort of say oh that door doesn't work and all that sort of thing it's just yeah um, yeah I mean they you know they must just have so much fun. I think it looks like. Um, no, it's where, yeah, I remember the bits where they'd they'd make up plot mm. points, mm. and then someone wouldn't quite have thought it through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like there was the bit with um the credit card or something. Yeah. yeah. 
and and two two people had a business on Etsy, right? And then a guy had stolen their credit cards. I was and threatening like, to sort of you do th- you do realize up, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, because their business would would be done, and yeah. they were like, you do realize it's it's the people who are buying the stuff whose credit cards matter. Yeah, he's like. Oh, it was yeah. about ten minutes later, sort of five minutes before the show ended. Someone just yeah. pointed out that like this whole, like yeah, this the whole, whole, the whole ending jeopardy. plot point was not really a big deal. Yeah, when you realize. No, but also when um, what was the guy called? Who was the the ex husband? Derek. 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 That was bad. Derek. Um, <laughs> uh, when when he came and mm. he like sent a letter or something, mm-hmm. but they hadn't quite. They didn't mm. match in their things, so then he just showed up at the door, and then um, he's like, I- "I've come." And then Beryl's like, "Yeah, well, we we got your letter." <laughs> he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I just I just came to make sure that that you you'd got that." <laughs> yeah, it's so clever. No, I saw the whole thing was brilliant. Uh, to be honest, oh, yeah. it was great. And and the music actually was incredible. Like some of the some of the songs, um, like the the backing. I mean, I wish they did. I think they do do albums of the ah, best okay. ones. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a really great one mm. that was sort of cabaret style. Mm. One of the characters' names was just Hat, because because the Derek went round and he was like, oh, you know, there's like. This person, this person, and then he like his ran friends. out of names. He's pointing out his friends, yeah. Yeah, ran out of names and just went, you know, and hat. <laughs> and then, uh, and then even later on, um, the main there's a sort of a male lead and a female lead, I suppose, and the female lead couldn't even remember the name yeah. of one of the characters. <laughs> she was like, yeah. "Don't make me remember his name." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But also, good. hat turned out to be kind of the villain of the story. <laughs> that's actually and true. Then there was Pulling there was the a strings. yeah, there was a um an owl at the beginning yeah. or something an owl, like an owl an, biscuit tin yeah and and then that became a sort of running mm. joke throughout the show and yeah. then hat turned into the owl <laughs> yeah. at the end i mean yeah yeah i mean who, who saw that coming who'd have, who'd have thought and some very clever usage of twi- uh to wit to woo in the in the final song yeah. and, and the harmonies oh it's just it was mind-blowing at that point it was yeah. it was great yeah very clever loved it so yeah i think that is showstopper stopped yes <laughs> yeah. so yeah. next up was new day new show <laughs> new day new show so the next one was mrs roosevelt flies to london and sarah what did you think of this one well uh this show was a one woman show it was a wonderful actress named alison skillbeck mm-hmm. and she was absolutely incredible she was playing eleanor roosevelt fdr's wife mm-hmm. um and it was it was a very clever production because she had very minimal sets mm. very few props mm. but she'd use them in very different ways um uh, for multiple purposes to tell mm. the story which was you know engaging and and interesting uh, unfortunately, it was it was quite early in the morning for me, mm. um, and uh, uh, the hot room and the dark lights mm. was slightly sending me to sleep. Uh, but but it was incredible acting, and mm. I was doing my absolute best mm. to to focus. How mm. did you find it? I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was interesting what she said, like after the, 
the show had ended because she, st- she spoke to us a bit about it and she said something about uh, how people had seen it s- they saw it when it first started in 2017 or 18 or something mm-hmm. and then they'd seen it sort of more recently so t- 2021 or something and they said oh it's it's different like you've got you know it's completely different and she said actually not a single light has changed not a single line of dialogue has changed but like people's perception of like you know what's going on in the world I suppose has changed mm. and you know anyway it, it must be a different a different show depending on where, where you look at it from it really um and i thought that was so interesting because you know it really it, especially because the lighting was so sort of um like important to the show like even knowing where you were and what sort of what the character was feeling like you know the blues and yeah and yeah, oranges and things and and people obviously yeah it's it's just people really did think that it was a completely different show even though it sounds like she didn't rewrite it in between those those times um but uh the show that we saw was well you know was really really uh really good and interesting to sort of hear history from a character who you don't really um, learn so much about um, in that in that time because obviously you do learn about FDR and you do learn about Churchill but you don't really hear about Eleanor Roosevelt so yeah it was nice to hear the the woman's perspective mm. from that time and also I think um, the actress Alison um, she mm. was the first of quite a few performers who I saw afterwards mm. to really speak about the importance of having an audience mm. after so long of yeah you know covid meaning that yeah, yeah. they weren't able to perform yeah. at the fringe this is the first year back for the fringe mm. at full capacity so a lot of performers were really grateful for that and she was she especially was talking about you know how the show is made by the audience who come and see it as in yeah. in the performance of it um so that was nice to hear especially mm. because it, it was quite an intimate venue really yeah there were yeah, yeah. few people there at the same time and, mm. and it was yeah. it was literally a basically a, 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 a like a, a tiny lecture room wasn't it in in the university yeah. um but, it, but, but you, forgot, it, you forgot that in the performance it became like a, yeah, a theater yeah. it was it was clever um, i think it must be nice for her to have mm. her audience so close especially yeah. when it is just her on stage to mm. actually be able to see everyone's mm. faces yeah just why i was trying so hard to stay awake <laughs> and stay you know engaged and... because there wasn't any like dimming of the lights really was there it was just literally... yeah <laughs> yeah um but that wasn't the smallest uh that wasn't the smallest audience that either of us saw at the fringe well the eyes were at the fringe so stay tuned for that mm. coming up fun times listen to the rgk kids one of them is not a kid right let us proceed Okay. Uh, the next show that I saw, mm. um, I went to with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've said even earlier in this episode, mm. um, I am a big Potter fan, mm. um, Harry Potter fan. So I did have some hope for this show, mm. um, which is called Potter Vision. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, it was not my cup of tea. No. Um, or my mug of butter beer, but yeah, it was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was in the in the back of a pub. Mm. Um, two performers who were okay. I don't I don't know how much to say, but you know they they were drinking throughout the performance. If right. that gives you an idea mm-hmm. of of how it was going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Compared to the other things that I saw at the Fringe, it's probably ranked lowest mm. 
on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of audience participation, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not a big fan of. No, I didn't see what the um, audience was. Apparently, you were saying. I mean, like I know your no. dad was sort of into Hufflepuff at one point, which is just incorrect information. Yeah, because in he was called boring, and that's rubbish. Because mm. Hufflepuffs are the best. Anyway, um, it it was essentially them acting out mm. Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, but as if half the cast had disappeared and yeah. they'd had very limited props but it was just it was a little bit like watching five-year-olds play dress up mm. in that you had to wait for them to mm. put the wig on and then they mm. made jokes that were very adult yeah and also okay this was the first red flag that we should have seen yeah. but they said uh, at the beginning yeah. um has anyone seen the show before mm-hmm. and no one no one put their hand up. Mm. The show has been running for a good 10 years mm. Mm. and no one had seen it before because yeah. no one goes twice, <laughs> quite yeah. honestly. Okay, enough said about yeah. Potter Vision. Just before we get to the next show, I'm going to tell a little story about um, a little lecture I saw at school because it's kind of relevant at this point. The relevant bit of information is that it was a lecture about uh, developing your memory for revision and things. And mm-hmm. the person delivering the lecture, he sort of told a story about remembering things. And it's all about going around your house and seeing a balloon and then seeing, you know, X, Y, Z, and sort of different items in different rooms of your house. And then uh, he said, does anyone know what we're doing? And no one really had any idea what he was talking about, except that one hand went up, and that was uh, a person at school. And he said, um, we're developing a way of remembering the order of the first 10 elements in the periodic table. And this person was like, mm-hmm. yes, we are. That, that's incredible. How did you know that? And he said, because you did this at my prep school, like 11 years ago, whatever. And, and I still yeah. remember it. And the guy was like, this is literally the best advert I've ever had for what I do. <laughs> like, um, you know, that's that's incredible that you remember it from all that time ago. And yeah. anyway, don't know if that made it into the podcast, but uh, I thought I would share. Yeah, no shows that some people can have an impact. Yeah, some people have a lasting impact for the wrong reasons. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Angus, did you see a show in between? I yeah, technically did, it... but it was a work in progress show. From oh yes, Mark Watson. of course. Yeah. So yeah, Mark Watson did a work in progress show where he revealed that he's been using the Notes app on his phone to uh, log uh, his thoughts. And he's been doing it for about three years since he got his uh, his iPhone. And he's uh, got quite a few entries. He's got, he said, uh, 15,000 um, entries into, wow. his, into, into his Notes app on his phone. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, like I've seen him once before in um, in in Shrewsbury, um, and a massive venue and completely different um, shows altogether. But like his style of comedy is, was still was still the same, basically in a good way. It's sort of like the best bits of his comedy shone through. Yeah, it's just very sort of um, witty and and clever. And he handed me a leaflet at the end, um, which I actually went back in for because I I left early thinking I'll get I'll I'll, I'll get up and I'll, I'll see Mark. And I walked out. I was like, oh, I didn't see Mark. And then I turned around and there was Mark. So I turned around <laughs> and, and I said, hi, Mark. I'm ang- I didn't say anything. But like, he handed me a little and I was like, thanks. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, I remember you saying that you found it interesting seeing mm. sort of his own reaction to the audience, his reaction to his jokes of sort of his thinking through what jokes had landed and what yeah. worked well. Yeah, one of the best bits was when he, uh, so he was actually adding to his 15,000 notes on his phone. Yeah. during the show which was funny in itself um okay like i think twice he did that and one of the times he did that he was like oh i must add that to my phone because he sort of he linked something back i can't remember what it was now 
but it was like a genuinely very very interesting and, and clever way to link sort of almost to end the show i suppose mm-hmm. um and he was like oh i've never thought of that before and like just just, just wait while i go and put down my coke that i'm holding in my hand and get <laughs> pick up my phone and, and type it in um yeah so yeah he because you don't see that in a, in, a, in a polished work do you but um no, in, a way, yeah. in a work of progress it was really interesting to see how he was you know doing his job essentially um what was next uh next for me was um kevin quantum dark matter which, which is like was... the, the antidote to yes that was a magic show which i went to with my dad mm-hmm. again sort of because of how uh much we had disliked plot yeah. of vision yeah. um so yeah the magic show was a fantastic remedy to <laughs> the lack of... of magic in yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no he was incredible yeah. he's been on um britain's got talent mm-hmm. uh very successful on it mm. and uh you know some of his tricks mm. were unbelievable really mm. and yeah i so enjoyed it and mm. He he's another one who spoke a lot about how much it meant to him to finally be able to come back and do magic with an audience. Yeah. Um, but he's been doing um, online work with um, magic maths videos for kids mm, or something. Mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. And he also, yeah. doesn't he do, like, yeah. tutorials of some of the tricks and things as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Um, he definitely he's aware of his audience mm. as in he's aware of sort of the skeptics and then mm-hmm. the believers right in terms of trying to please both of mm. you know this will be interesting for the skeptics to try and work out exactly how he's done it and then yeah. for the believers it's just this amazing wonderful trick yeah i'm de- which which are you are you a skeptic or are you a believer when i watch a magic show yeah I'm always surprised at how much of a believer I am. Like, I'm always a bit disappointed in, like, how just, like, I'm just, like, what? <laughs> Every time. Like, I watched a, a Netflix one, sorry, uh, called In and of Itself. That's not even really a magic show. It's, like, it's like a, it's all about perception and mental health and things. And But anyway, there's a bit of magic in it. And, I, like, I, li- I literally have no explanation for any, how he did any of it. Um, it was it was very clever. Um, do, you, do you believe when you watch magic shows? I'm definitely a believer. Which is funny because my dad is a Mm. skeptic. Mm. So he was sort of trying to analyse them all in his head and work out what was going on. And I was just sat there like, wow. (laughs) Listen to the RGK kids. One of them is not a kid. Okay, so moving on. What was the next show that you saw, Angus? So I was very lucky because I saw two of my favourite comedians in one day. Um, So Mark Watson followed by uh, someone called Sarah Keyworth. Uh, in in the afternoon, sort of five five ish, five o'clock, and um, it was a really good show. It was called it was called Lost Boy, um, and it was sort of about how Sarah's lost um, a close friend of hers. But that only really came out sort of two thirds away through um, the show. It was it was just so funny from start to finish, um, and it was largely about sort of mental health and and, and struggling with, through COVID and things. But um, because uh, Sarah had planned to put on the show with their friend um, before COVID really became a thing. Um, and then pulled out uh, because um, uh, they felt that the show wasn't really going the way that they that they they'd wanted the show um, to to develop and 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 the friend um, was a bit disappointed but uh, but ultimately saw saw that it was the right thing to do and then the show that they performed was actually not at all similar to um, w- w- what Sarah planned with uh, with her friend but but it ended up being just 
so incredibly such an incredible balancing act between you know really sort of uh, profoundly affecting honesty and also just incredibly funny jokes um yeah that i just found to be very very um heartwarming and yeah I, I can't really give it enough praise to be honest it was it was one of the one of the funniest things and also the most thoughtful things i'd seen for a long time amazing so yeah that was sarah heworth which i think preceded another show for you sarah is that right Yes, I then went to see I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical, mm-hmm. which was, I'm going to say it was my favourite show that I saw at the Fringe. Okay, we're going to hit the pause button on that because we have so much to say about the Fringe and our time in Edinburgh uh, that this is going to be a two-part episode, so... Thank you for listening to part one. And yeah, we um, hope you enjoy part two when that comes out. Yeah, um, stay tuned, guys. We're going to hear more about Mark Watson. And, you know, maybe we saw a musical uh, based around the TV show Friends. And did we like it? Uh, well, you gotta you got to find out by clicking on the link below when the episode is released. Enjoy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to RGK, a family-based podcast. It was written, edited, and produced by Angus and Sarah. Was that okay? Yeah, it sounded very professional. Did it? Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Um, there are no bloopers at the end of it, but there are sort of real-life bloopers in the form of uh, two clips of Sarah um, being offered uh, leaflets, sort of she was leafleted, um, and it's her politely declining them. Um, recorded uh, live in real time as we were recording our conversation, which was mostly sort of just breathless running on the way to the Rob Madge show which we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. So yeah, um, please do enjoy Sarah politely refusing some leaflets from some uh, fringes. All best, Angus. She goes up to see a five-star hospital center. My brother's in it. Oh, My brother's in it. <laughs> That's not can that you, way. Can you, can you type in? Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That was a really famous one as well. Well, I'm Really? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was it? Like this really famous Irish trio. But like, she's not in it. She'll just be advertising there. So yes, sorry, um, renowned and well-respected Irish comedy trio, Foil, Arms and Hog. I'm sure if we'd uh, known about your show before we came to the Fringe, we would have uh, surely paid you a visit. Um, but alas, it was not to be. And see you next year. Look forward to episode two tomorrow, everyone. That's all from me. Bye.